0: This episode of the Good Pop Culture Club is brought to you by HBO. The three finalists for the 2020 HBO APA Visionary Short Film Competition have been announced. HBO Visionaries is celebrating its fourth class of emerging Asian and Pacific Islander American filmmakers. And all three Visionary 2020 shorts will be available to air live starting Tuesday, September 29th on HBO and available to stream on HBO Max. Find out more information about the program and official rules on www.hboregionaries.com and keep an eye out for the opening of submissions for the 2021 competition and the opportunity to have your short film considered for HBO and HBO Max for 2021. And now the show. You're
1: listening
2: to... Whoa! Hot
0: And hey, everyone! Welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. We're here to talk about all the good pop that gets us through the days. We are here in the middle of October. Fall is kind of here. Um, Joining me, as always, self-proclaimed professional anxious ancient American, just Jew. How is that anxiety going,
1: Marvin? It's just through the roof. It's it's through the roof that it's become full circle. That in the fact that I'm now just broken inside. So everything's great.
0: It feels like... You know how they say the people with wisdom are the biggest fools?
1: I mean, wisdom, general self-awareness, the ability <laughs> to read and think critically. I don't know, Marvin. All these things are, seem like cons right now. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. what good has any of that done me
0: recently? <laughs> I mean if you think about it, the more we know about how the world works, the more, um, the more we see how things are fucked up, I right? I know.
1: I just wish I was like a hot idiot, you know? I'm neither hot nor like that big of an idiot. I'm dumb in a lot of ways, but like I'm not like a pure idiot and I just wish I was like a hot idiot. No, well, remember, yeah. Life would if, be so fun.
2: If ignorance is bliss, then what? Is wisdom misery? Like that's because that's where we are.
0: I just remember when we were... Like when probably when I was in my 20s, when Jess was in her teens, probably when the world just seemed so much more simple, when like we were so sure of the world we lived in, you know, those like.
1: Yeah, that's because we were dumb and it was kind (laughs) of (laughs) great. Yeah, I could just have like really
2: annoying existential issues and not like every day. Am I going to survive this? You know, whatever issues. Yeah. So, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. The early aughts to early 2010s. Those are the good days. Good old days. When
1: the I uh, during OC the OC was on TV. Yeah, and during those days. Go, oh. oh, sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I was just saying, it's like I think I had four VCRs then, and like <laughs> <laughs> and that was my biggest issue was trying to get all of the networks figured out and recorded. Know, so yeah, right? it was like
0: Take us yeah. back to those days <laughs> that we were watching last week at pen, on pen 15 like take us back to that era but with the or current when you wisdom had to, we have now
1: yeah I'll, i even want to go like further back like like the warm embrace of childhood when like your biggest concern was when like one of your four vhs players or v- vcr <laughs> players would like you know like accidentally like pull the film out of your tape so you have to like roll it back with a big thick pencil like like those those are good. I'll take those problems over the ones I have to deal with now. Did you tape over the little
2: thing so that way you can record on the tape again?
1: No. What? Uh, I mean, this is all very outdated Life Pro <laughs> tips, but right, what good will it do you now?
0: <laughs> I have a closet full of VHS tapes. Like I don't still have think a I have few. a VHS player.
2: Oh, I definitely don't. I still have a few just um A few because they were my movies I liked, but I think I also like earlier on when I moved to L.A., I was just like, oh, I'm going to try to become a voice actress because I did a little bit in Texas before I moved. And then um, I so I had VHS demo reels (laughs) (laughs) and then I also recorded because my one of my first jobs out here was a background extra. So I recorded a lot of my uh,
1: appearances. On the um, uh, VHS, yeah. (laughs) Nice. I have also many VHS tapes, but no longer have a player. But I have like the Disney animated movies on VHS the ones with tape. like the
0: big puffy boxes, like the oh yeah, 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 yeah.
1: like the the plasticky puffy ones with the <laughs> sleeves and the and the plastic sleeve on the outside. Oh yes, oh and the Nickelodeon ones were bright orange. <laughs> yes, and I just cannot get rid of them because I still think you know how like there's like vinyl snobs or like the movie the the music sounds better on vinyl. I'm like Disney movies hit harder. When it's on a VHS tape, <laughs> I do think there is a thing because I, I think I think they've some people have talked about this on, on the internet. But when they re-release Disney movies, they clean up, they mm-hmm. like digitally yeah. clean up some of the old stuff, and then sometimes they scrub away too much, so it looks very flat.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: like you know, these things, some of these things were like hand painted, like frame yeah. by frame, right? Yeah, I yeah. like cell animation.
2: You're right, and if they a remaster and all that type of stuff. Sometimes there's digital stuff going on over it.
1: I also, have like the- you can't find a version of Lion King without the stupid new like songs they crammed in. I'm like, no <laughs> one wants that.
0: Wait, there are new songs.
1: There's like they, there this. was a cut song called like Morning Report that they reinserted into a release of Lion King they did in like the early 2000s and like on DVD. So I bought that DVD because my. Mother, who I still have not forgiven this, forgiven her for this, like, did that thing where, like, a friend and her stupid kid is like over at your house for some reason, and you don't know this person that well. And then, like, the little bratty kids, like, I want that. And your mom just, like, gives you their, sh- like, gives them your shit. She gave away my Lion King tape because oh, this no. little bratty ass, I don't even know his name. I'm still pissed at him. So, a little bratty ass boy <laughs> took my Lion King tape. And I was like, what? So, I'm just, I'm not over it. <laughs> That's terrible. I gotta say, I've
2: been that bratty-ass boy who has borrowed something and never returned it decades later, so.
1: No, no, she, he didn't even <laughs> borrow it. He's just like, I want that. My mom oh, gave it to him. Yeah. I was like, why do parents do that? I've had
2: that happen before, too. Where some like the ocean face hospitality friendship.
1: thing. Uh, no, no, no. no. My mom doesn't like anyone.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, why do your parents let kids take stuff from you? That's what I want. Oh,
0: because you know our parents don't value our feelings.
2: <laughs> okay. Yes. <see>? <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's the key. That's the major key. They already feed us <laughs> and house
1: us. What more do we want?
0: <laughs> Emotions are secondary to success.
1: What I want is for you not to give away my Lion King VHS.
0: <laughs> that does remind me. um I do have the the trilogy, um the Star Wars trilogy VHS tapes, pre, um the pre special edition, like add-ons. before,
1: like Lucas got up in there and yeah, like made all these weird. It's one of changes. my most treasured possessions. Whoa. Yeah, keep those. That's <laughs> like die hard.
0: Also joining us, Han Wen, Hello. culture editor extraordinaire. How's that culture editing going? Uh,
2: you know, I am still very pro culture, but at the same time, so much else is going on that sometimes it's hard to push through and be like, "No, no, please, watch this thing, listen to this thing, or <laughs> whatever it is that you know." That that's why this podcast is good because sometimes I don't need to like fit other people's like expectations.
0: Yeah, I feel like times like these, especially you know, every four years at this time, American culture gets a little oppressive for me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, literally, there is no project, like very few projects out there that don't have some sort of like, social angle or something like that. And if it doesn't, then it's written about because it does is not socially aware. So (laughs) it's just there's like no... No winning there. Hey, Marvin,
1: there. Elise, you have an exit plan. I am <laughs> stuck here. Yeah, I'm stuck so. here.
0: Well, on this episode, we're talking all about Yellow Rose, uh, the new film starring Eva Nobozada, um, directed by Diane Peregus, that just released theatrically about an undocumented Filipino girl who dreams of leaving her small town in Texas to, to pursue her country music dreams. But before we get to that, let's find out what pop culture is beginning us through this most difficult of weeks. Uh Jess, what's popping?
1: Uh, so for those of you who don't know, I am currently in Florida, in Palm Beach County, which sits at the foot of Mar-Lago and you know Palm Beach, the I think some people call it the wealthiest zip code in America, but like it's Trump country. Um so I, I'm visiting I'm visiting my boyfriend who who lives and works here, not by choice. Well, I'm visiting him by choice. He has not held me hostage, <laughs> but he does not work and live here by choice. He's, he's doing his residency program. And he ended up here. Um, so, you know, had some time, came to spend it over him with him while working from home. And I'm a big proponent of, uh, like reading in your environment, like people like eat locally, you know, drink craft beer that's locally made. I love to read local. So a few weeks ago, NPR uh, Fresh Air did an interview with Carl Heisen. I had never heard about this author before. He is a very prolific, like Mm -hmm. decades long career now was a writer, wrote novels, and also was, is a like journalist for the, in Southern Florida, born and raised. And he writes a series. His, his brand is basically satirical crime novels and his most recent one was called squeeze me and it's set in west palm beach so i went to go grab the book i got a signed copy because why not when in rome rome florida or something i don't know i'm sure there's a rome florida and it's wild it's about this like old octogenarian wealthy widow who gets eaten by a snake at a big fancy gala that's raising money for nothing important you know in the way that palm beach society works and like you know, it slowly unveils more care- crazy characters. And, like, the vibes are 100% correct. Um, there's this, like, one very throwaway scene where there's, like, this woman. Her car gets stolen because she parked her truck at the back of a strip mall liposuctionist. And then her knees got inflamed because, obviously, he's not a real doctor. And then she's getting, like, DM'd by all these personal injury lawyers. I'm like, yes. This sounds like Southern Florida. Uh, it's very entertaining. It's a light read. It's a quick read. They're crime novels and not necessarily mystery novels. I, I thought I initially thought it was a mystery novel, but it, it's 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 uh, it's a very fun read. But I do, I do think I do wonder if you have not personally experienced time in Southern Florida or this part of Florida, if it if it makes as much sense or if it hits as hard. So having been in it for already too long, um, <laughs> I I I totally feel it, and I'm just like I appreciate this. Um, so, and I've picked up a few of his other books. I picked up Tourist And He's also his probably most, his most famous work is Striptease, which was made into a movie with Demi Moore in the '80s. So yeah, I would recommend it. It's a it's a. I mean, maybe you don't want to pick it up right now. In the next. Four weeks, because uh, you don't want to think about, you know, there is a there is a Trump president character in the book, not called Trump, obviously, but there's like a Trump and Melania. They live and work, the you know, they spend their time here at their hotel club called like Bella Casamiro, just obviously <laughs> Marlago. So you know, a lot of obvious kind of parallels and kind of poke fun at him. It's great.
0: <laughs> yeah. So would you say it's would it count as like social satire crime oh definitely
1: definitely especially i've i've um especially this one because it really deals with like i don't know if all his books deal with this as as prominently but this one's really talking about class (laughs) because you know palm beach is like the wealthiest zip code there are all these like you know incredible like old money socialite heiress uh widowed, you know, old money and then like right across the island is like the working class neighborhoods and then everyone has an incentive to either appeal to the rich base or like you know kind of want to screw them over in some way and um, that that's what this book is really dealing with and how uh how you know like it, the rich people are just ridiculous like <laughs> they're throwing gallus for like IBS and
0: like
1: <laughs> gout and you know very like dumb like is swag that like, are not real like
0: TBD yeah.
1: yeah like all these all these dumb <laughs> things just 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 you know for like it's just to socialize and then <laughs> and then the the main character is actually this woman who used to be a ranger at the in the in the Everglades but she was arrested and um I guess like stripped of her badge after she fed a poacher's hand to an alligator. And I was like, you know what? We've all been there. We've That's all wanted good. to feed someone's hand to an alligator. That's like very so, medieval sort of justice, right? Like if you're a thief, yeah, like he was a poacher, yeah, and like you, good. you take it, you, you know, you, <laughs> you, you have to give it back. It's, it's like the biblical. alligator, right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I keep saying when I'm here, if I, I'm gonna die from. Getting COVID from anti-vaxxers, uh, from being too political with Trump supporters, or like an alligator's going to come out and just grab me and eat me. And there's only one I respect. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, because the alligators probably- got good taste. <laughs> I'm just saying it's like, you know, if it's it's like primordial strength and human intellect. We'll battle it out. We'll see which one wins. And if strength wins, I respect that. Yeah, and I, I mean, that, that's nature. the
0: enemy you can see eye to eye with.
1: Yeah. And he was here first. So I'm just like, that's fine. <laughs> I, I know. I understand. I'm on your turf, but that's what's popping with me. Yeah. Han, what's popping with you?
2: Uh I am reading books also uh, of a different variety of primor- primordial uh battles. Um basically it's a trilogy. Someone at first characterized it as, as YA and I don't think it is, but I mean there's get- sex. Well, no, here's the thing. There's not actually a lot of sex in it, but there's a lot of talk about like brothels and stuff. So, I'm just like maybe it's just on that line. Um but anyway, so yeah, but there still isn't sex. Now that doesn't mean there isn't sex in Regency novels because there often are. Uh, so maybe this is YA and they just talk about like sex, like darkness and evil. But anyway, um, it's an Australian author. I didn't realize she was Australian. Um, and it's basically like Regency era novels. Uh, so it's like Jane Austen meets Buffy because the main character, Lady Helen, you know, when she is has her season. She is a debutante. Um, she goes on the marriage mart. See all this Regency stuff. Um, and, but she also on her 18th birthday starts coming into some mysterious powers. Uh, and then, so she finds out all of a sudden that she is something called a reclaimer uh, who has extra powers and they go after people who are called deceivers who are actually creatures but they look like people and they can take people's life force and stuff like that. Anyway, so it's a big old thing. There's a prophecy, all that good stuff and um, because it's Regency and the whole marriage thing is a big deal, there's a lot of talk about how she's battling with like the gender expectations for her. Um, Also, there's definitely a lot of class stuff that they're talking about so it's it's the kind of like really good like pure rage i can get reading this because it's very simple like like oh my god you're sexist oh my god you're so classist and then like you know i've flipped people off while i've been reading it's just really good so i've been enjoying it also it's a trilogy i know hopefully that things will end up okay i'm on the third book so i'm not going to spoil it yet but yeah so this is just the amount of uh, sort of stress and battling of good and evil I can deal with. Um, it is once removed from my reality. Uh, so yeah, good times.
0: Yeah,
1: that sounds fun. You had me at like Jane Austen meets Buffy.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was very uh, I was very surprised because honestly I didn't know what to expect. I just read something like Regency blah blah blah. We we recommend this, and I was like, okay, cool trilogy. Bam, I got it. And then I was like, oh, okay, interesting.
0: So is there a lot of witty you have some.
2: Uh it's not so much witty funny. Like it's not Jane Austen of that sort. It's oh. um, I mean, there's some, but uh it's more of like there they do say a lot of things that are weighted with meaning. Um, because of course there are two guys fighting over
1: her. <laughs> um, and one's a duke. Um, I don't but, yeah. think I've ever had two guys fighting over me, so oh, never, no. ever. I love books <laughs> that deal with that. <laughs> I usually
2: hate love triangles because I always get angry at the woman for not like for being torn, right? Not not to say that people are simple and should obviously only be. You know, attracted to the one person, but for me, usually it's very clear who the horrible one is. Um, even if they try to give one of them, like each of them, some
1: faults, but like I you know. always yeah. like the yeah. one she doesn't end up with, and I like torture <laughs> myself because you know, like, at a certain point, like yeah,
0: like what if they're fifty percent in, like um, like Hunger Games, watch... right?
1: Yeah. Well, no, I mean, no, no, I am, I am no. Team Peta. So... Yeah, I mean, he's a baker. Come on. He's a baker and he is like, her and Gail are too similar. I mean, we could talk yeah. about th- all of <laughs> yeah. this. But but wait, wait I, I want to test this
2: theory, though, because he mentioned Hunger Games and you fell in line with who she ends up with-ish.
1: Um, What about Twilight? I actually, like, I think Twilight hit when I was, like, in that too cool for school mode. So I actually never read Twilight or watched the movies. And then I try to watch mm-hmm. them as an adult, and I couldn't get past the first scene because it was so bad. The only it's Twilight ridiculous. media
0: I've ever seen was a supercut of every time Kristen Stewart breathed through her mouth <laughs> during the movie.
1: I I watched the bad dub, you know, the YouTube bad dub of Twilight, where they just like dub over the lines and like make it ridiculous. That that was fun.
2: I do have to admit that as ridiculous as the movies are, they're better than the books because the books are utterly ridiculous. Well, I've
1: heard. So. How? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, when I was reading, do you, any any spoilers, you know, whatever years later. You, I mean, oh, I'm fine. I'm yeah, fine. it's been like decades. What oh, oh, so yeah, just when I remember reading the book, and and it gets to her like offspring, and they're like, well, let's name it after our two moms, whoever the two women, and it's Renee and Esme, and it's like Renezme, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Oh yeah, that was some dumbass <laughs> shit, is and I'm the just worst like... ever. Anyway. All right. So, Marvin, what depressing thing is popping with you?
0: <laughs> I've actually been taking a break from depressing things. Um
1: what? Wow. Good
0: for I've been, you. I've been I'm catching proud up of you, buddy. Off, um, <gasps> yes. Three. I know we talked it's about like the a... first episode a couple weeks ago with Jess's What's Popping." Here is our update. I don't know about you, but I've been getting a big Nailed It vibe from the challenges this season. Like,
2: yeah. The very first episode. Who thought Busts? Were a good idea. Because you know they were just going to be busted.
0: Oh, hey.
1: That one was pretty... I actually really liked the first episode because the busts were insane. <laughs> but the other challenges were fine. Um, There's been criticism of Bake Off in the past few seasons. Just saying that challenges are just like waste too ridiculous in terms of like time or like their assignment of what they have to do so everyone ends up failing or like not doing well to drive the drama up but then we're like that's not why people watch this show
2: (laughs) no it's not about the drama I mean that the drama takes care of itself I think because baking is really hard so I like it when they excel and you're like what the fuck you know when they do some amazing shit in like the showstopper yeah how are you liking the new uh I think uh the new host so yeah Matt that's my, Lucas. that's
0: my thing yeah Matt Lucas has replaced Sandy and I mean it was it was already jarring when they replaced originally replaced all the hosts except for Paul Hollywood um I don't know how I feel about having two goofballs <laughs> as the host at least before you would have at least one person being capable of being the straight man in that duel um I'm still getting used to it I think it took me a while to get to get used to Sandy and Noel Mm-hmm. And now I need to get used to Noel and Matt.
2: Yeah, that's a fair point. That you just need to kind of fall. Fo-
0: I find get myself that trying to figure out if he has eyebrows. Does he have eyebrows? I can't.
1: No, see. I think he has alopecia. <laughs>
2: so yeah, I don't think
1: he has yeah. any hair. Um, but I, I mean, I actually think Noel, I, I agree with you on the goofball point. Like sometimes it gets too much. But I do think that Noel and Matt have better chemistry than Noel and Sandy ever did. Like, every time Sandy and... and, But but it's also, like, everything is just more amplified because they do these very weird... You know, they got that channel for money, so they do these very weird intros with special effects. I'm like, this is so not necessary. Like, Mel and Sue would just make some dumb pun and start the show, and those were endlessly more charming than like all this like money spent on these weird intros. And then when it bombs, it's just weirder. Right. Because (laughs) they tried so hard. I
2: find it still charming because there's a very brief, even when they bomb. So it's just like, Oh, that was dumb. Oh, well, (laughs) it's kind of like, I don't know. I I mean, overall the show I do feel is just cheesy. So I'm enjoying it. I just, yeah,
0: Yeah, I've just been feeling like, Especially the 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 third challenge, the showstopper challenges, have been kind of underwhelming compared to previous seasons.
1: Okay, so we got cake bust. We had cookie tea set, or like like mm-hmm. molded yeah. tea set. That one was kind of lame. And then bread and plats. Then the bread plats. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are kind of weird. There were yeah. the. I did really enjoy cake bust season though. <laughs> challenge because That it was the most molded wild... though
0: because nobody. Nobody pulled it off. I I,
1: I thought it was
2: hilarious because first of all, even when they suggested anyone, I was just like, even if you like that person, why would you choose someone who is clearly not have an identifiable like physical trait that you can make from cake really easily? Like, I like the Freddie Mercury because of the mustache. And I also thought that they should have done more cartoony style versus like the, the weird like anatomical sort of like you well, know,
0: approach. That's the thing, like, I feel like, so this is me personally speaking, like, a couple of seasons ago, I forgot who it was, but there was that one lady um, who always did, like, cute decorations with her. Oh, yeah. Kim her Joy. Yeah. yeah. Kim Joy. And I feel like this was them trying to force everyone else to do that style of, of mm-hmm. bake, where not everyone can pull that off, you know?
2: Yeah, it's, Uh, I mean, I think that still made it kind of equal. Um. Yeah. because they were all equally bad
0: I did enjoy bread week bread (laughs) week's usually my favorite because everyone like shits the bed on bread week
2: yeah it's Paul's like (laughs) expertise um I also like it because I tend to be the savory person so that's the week that I always feel like the most interested in what the results are and um into like when um I think it was Hermine made her salmon um uh what's it called um What's the bread that they made? So Irish soda bread, soda bread, yeah. So when she made her uh salmon and cheese, I forgot what kind of cheese, Gruyere. That I was just like, oh my god, I might actually try it because I don't need yeast. So yeah, I'm 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 all down for those, and even with are sweet one, sweet breads, sweet breads, which is something different.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I had to look up what a what a soda bread was.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I so did I. Um, but uh, because it in my head I was like, is that the one without yeast? Because I no I was yeast, def- just yeah. So I was very curious to see if I might try it. So maybe I will. Um, I think I have almost everything on hand to make a soda bread. So yeah. Um, when it gets cold, because I'm not doing it in 100 <laughs> degree weather.
0: I'm still at a yeah. point where I don't know who everyone is. Oh yeah, you just know there's two okay. marks. I just know, like, let's th- run who the this down.
1: <laughs> let's run this down, Rowan. There's needs Mark. To a- <laughs> Rowan needs to there's- go. He went. He oh. went last. Seat. Spoiler. Oh, sorry, I didn't finish the episode, oh. but
2: I'm not surprised.
1: <laughs> oh, Rowan, he was delightful, but yeah, he had to go. There was <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, but yeah, and there's two marks. Um. There's the yeah. young One's lady. a single dad, and yeah. one
1: is the one who has a dog, and you're like, you can call me Hamish, which yeah. is my dog's right. name. Right,
2: right. Um, there's always needs to be a twink. Um there's there's the the hot girl with the eyeliner. Lottie, Lady, Lottie, Lottie. Lottie, sure. Um, there's mean who did the salmon bread I like. Um there's
1: uh Sura. She's my favorite. Yes. The sassy pharmacist who has the best faces.
0: She's our last um, Asian Hope on that show too. She
2: also has like the best chemistry with Noel I think.
1: She really reminds me of like Nadia of just like in the like sassiness because I remember like anytime Nadia had to do a challenge that she really didn't like in in her season of Bake Off she's like I'm never doing this again. (laughs) Um, eh.
0: Yeah. I'm looking forward to having this show the next couple of weeks just as a palate cleanser to the utter shit show um, the rest of the week is going to be we'll this check be back in we'll check back in yeah. in a couple of weeks probably uh, but that's what's popping uh, we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're talking all about yellow rose check around.
1: hey Brian did you go to Saturday school as a kid
0: All right, welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. This week we're talking about Yellow Rose, the new film starring Ava Nobozada, Leia Salonga, directed by Diane Paragus, that is out in theaters now. Um is it it's not out for streaming it, is it?
2: No, not because yet. I I was gonna watch it streaming this weekend, and then I realized it was only at my drive through and I was mm. I mean drive-in, and I was like, oh, that's <laughs> I still am not risking that yet.
0: Oh. Uh that's too bad but it should be coming out soon i want to say yeah um, for,
2: in a few weeks i think um yeah. but i mean look the drive-in is still fine it's just very far for me to go
0: so. i think this will actually be a pretty good drive-in movie so yellow rose is a 2019 musical drama it premiered last year in 2019 at the los angeles asian pacific film festival as the opening night film and it's about a an undocumented filipino girl who dreams about becoming a country music star And her plan is thrown into disarray when her mother is picked up by ICE and slated to be deported. I guess if you want to talk about my depressing movie watching habits, it's kind of a depressing setup. But um, it's actually, um, but in practice, it's actually more of a an optimistic coming of age film. And undocumented immigrants have been like a huge topic, especially these past few years. But I can't think of many stories or media that focuses on the actual people. I want to say.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. it's often made into an issue, which of course it is, but like it often loses the humanity of a lot of the characters
1: surrounding it. Yeah. So this one does it. So yeah. I mean, it's about immigration, and you know, but like that's only one part. I think really the core is is still the core of the movie is still a young girl trying to follow her dreams and make it come true. Her struggles just happen to be much more heightened because she's dealing with something like trying to, you know, avoid being detained and dealing with being separated from her mother and finding, you know, finding her way totally alone because of it. Um, So it, it yeah, it doesn't boil like her down to just the issue, right? The issue of being undocumented or, The fact that she's undocumented like she's she's a she's a girl who wants to be a country music singer um Mm -hmm. and i i do and i feel like a lot of times when we engage with like immigration storylines or anti or or, like you know even ice it's like it's so like in the realm of and i understand why but it's in the realm of like law enforcement it's like in the realm of like a procedural procedural. yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah or even in the amy superstore did a really good job about talking about it but even then right it was like. It was about them trying to hide Mateo from Ice when he came out when when they were being raided, and it was such a sad episode. And obviously, like it like imagine if we didn't know anything about Mateo and like that's all we got from him, right? So it, it is really nice to kind of like, yes, it's obviously a movie about being an undocumented immigrant and how that affects your life, but the life part is really still the central part of the story.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, so, and I th- oh, sorry. Go
0: ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah.
2: Oh, I was just saying that um I it, when you're talking about it shows the humanity of people like and and in a very I think balanced way because yes, there are good people who help her, but they help her only to a certain extent of their ability. Um and, and then she's pretty much on her own because really, you know, how many people are going to really stick their necks out for you? when you're in this situation so even the most giving and generous people can only do so much and i think it's kind of realistic not to expect you know like these are not the true white saviors you know yeah. like there's some of that help going on and even her own aunt um there are some issues there that uh you know that make it harder and the aunt is played by Leah
1: Songa.
0: yeah uh, oh, yeah. I, mean,
1: I did want to like punch the husband, though. Oh, my God. When <laughs> he's lost his husband, when he's like, oh, my hey, God. just let her go. I was like, oh,
2: but it's so true. It is like that whole dynamic is so true. I was just like, ah, oh, man, I feel it.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're probably going to talk more about the, the white savior characters uh, a little bit later in our discussion. But I guess overall, what were your impressions of this film?
1: I thought it was an incredibly slick strong feature like i i can't believe this is a feature debut i mean diane comes from a commercial world and she's done other uh projects before like film projects so i guess maybe not like featuring like true sense of the world but like first feature narrative and it's it's so i i found it really tight it's very focused you know i i could tell she regardless of how i felt about certain choices like i need like the choices she made were strong. And I do appreciate that. Um, to- I mean, when I watched it, I definitely cried <laughs> and felt like I was, I was very much swept up in the emotional journey of the movie. Was it perfect? No. Um, But you know, most movies aren't. And I think Eva, it's a, it's an amazing showcase for Eva or Ava. I think it's Eva. Ava. Uh, Ava. Yeah. An amazing showcase know. for Ava, who I know is a phenomenal actress but, I mean, she went you know, on to gets, win
0: the Tony that year, the year that the film came out. She's
1: nominated, didn't win. Oh, but she it's, won a it's Grammy. Like you rarely, you really rarely get to see like the Broadway stage actors flex their chops in a film, and it's always fun to see them act like in a way that's like accessible and like transferable to other people. <laughs> and the, and the music is fantastic. I, I'm actually a big country music fan. Don't tell anybody. So it's really fun to see her in that setting. And the song's are really good. Square pegs are really... Square peg is a bop. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have to
2: agree with most of that as far as... Um, I was not super familiar with uh, Eva no- Noblesada. But um, uh, I felt that that's good because it for me, I felt it did really showcase this actress I didn't know who... You know, once I looked her up and was like, oh, she's from Broadway, because what I enjoyed about her performance was I thought it was understated. She was just trying to get, you know, get along and get this done. But then um, I very much appreciated her slight Southern accent because as a person coming from Texas, uh, I I hate it when everyone tries to put on a really exaggerated twang Mm because not everyone has that sound um but you could hear it every now and then i thought the dialogue was actually pretty good the rhythms felt very natural to me um i wouldn't be surprised if there was some ad-libbing going on for like the the main country people um but yeah i i felt it was just well done like i definitely wouldn't have known this was a debut at all um but um yeah i would and this is also me i was just like oh my god i identified in certain ways as a Asian person coming from Texas. So, um and seeing someone that looks like her, you know, pursuing something that is not expected. So, yeah, it was I thought it was, I enjoyed it. I think I would like show this to my mom. That's the, that's a mark yeah. of a decent movie.
0: I mean, I think that was the basic <laughs> That's the
2: highest honor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty it's pretty easy to watch. I think that was the biggest takeaway from the premiere opening night was uh, the premiere at opening night at LA APFF last year was that it, it was a crowd pleaser. And um it's I was a little disappointed that we didn't get more Leah, because um that was how it was hyped up to me at least. <laughs> like, oh, this is Ava Noblezada and Leah Salonga. to like Broadway powerhouses in a movie together, but they didn't even get to sing together. I was I was a little disappointed.
2: <laughs> yeah, they Do both you think- <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, go. Go ahead. i was like they both sang to leah's daughter in the movie but separately i think that's what happened
1: do you think mm-hmm. leah salonga goes to these like gigs and then she thinks she's just gonna act and they're like oh by the way can you sing and she's like oh <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah. like again so you're a waitress and it's someone's birthday. and But like, can you just sing happy birthday, but then but take we're gonna, it like three be, octaves higher
2: yeah, and, and belt, gonna, belt the end?
1: Yeah. And we need to change
2: it because happy. Well, actually, you can't. Happy birthday is allowed to be sung now, right? Public domain. Now. Public domain
0: now. Yes. Yeah.
2: Okay. So, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, overall, very
0: enjoyable.
2: Um, and it looked good.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, um, I, so I have a couple friends who are undocumented. And I, I think, you know, it's when you talk about undocumented immigrants in like America, in like the American context, you think a lot of times people just think Latinos, like Mexicans, right? But the truth is there's a lot of Asians that are also in that same boat. You know, um, I think most of the people that I know that are undocumented are actually Koreans, um, and Filipinos yeah
1: what Uh, i will say you know this movie is also very important because it is showing and side of asian american experience that i don't think most people think about and i mean in a lot of ways right like an undocumented angle a like a i mean even undocumented but also like um you know like lower income and obviously like brown asian filipino or philippine filipina experience really and 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 not on a coast right like not a west coast or east coast asian like a texan like asian story um so there's a lot of intersections of what makes <laughs> this a very unique story that we don't see and you know it is I, I will say can I say this on record it's been like two, more than past two years it's over it's been over two years so I was like I love crazy rotations don't get me wrong but if <laughs> I get one more like comment about how, like I we we want a crazy rotations. I'm like I'm gonna punch you I'm gonna punch oh, you yeah. in the face because we already <laughs> got that I don't understand like w- why do we want to be reductive right like we need a plethora of stories yeah. so yeah and
0: like it's also annoying that people like there are, there's not a small number of people who see crazy crazy rich agents as an aspirational story as opposed <laughs> to like a satire or a parody, you know.
2: Yeah, I I mean I could relate despite not being undocumented or anything like that. I could relate way more to um Rose's storyline and the whole, you know, Texas upbringing than I could to almost anything in Crazy Rich Asians except for, like, yeah. you know, I wanting Michelle Yo to be my mom. So...
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like... And maybe this is just my bias, but all the storylines with, like, the non-Filipino characters were kind of... Like, we could have taken half of those out. Like, less of them and more mm-hmm. of Rose.
2: Yeah, like, I totally understood why they had Dale Watson, which was... Uh, Dale Watson, which was the... Uh, A grizzled country singer who she met in the bar and is actually a real life country singer named Dale Watson. Uh, So he's playing himself and sort of is her mentor, I think, in a way, as far as um, making, you know, pushing her to be more of a songwriter to actually perform because she was never about that, you know, and kind of pushing her to dig into her pain and you know tell uh because i think she said at some point like when she was ready to write her song she's like i got some shit to work out and she like gets his guitar and so i'm just like okay
1: i like that uh
2: for the rest of them i don't know there just seemed to be a lot of extra people i mean i guess i didn't
1: need the white boy <laughs> friend love interest i was just like he ain't that cute you got bigger fish to fry right now i mean
2: he's no uh uh what's his name something called yoshida <laughs> Peyton's Paxton, no, Paxton Hall-Yoshida. Yeah, he's no Paxton Hall-Yoshida, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he was all right, but it, uh, he was in it, I think, I don't want to say just enough. It could have been a little bit less. Like, I understand that he was the sort of, like, gateway to Austin for her, so I was kind of okay with that. But, yeah, I didn't need him that much.
1: but here's my question if we're gonna set a movie about a filipina girl who wants to be a country music honk not just country music like honky-tonk folk country which is like the old school way right it's not we're not talking like dick the chicks and like you know lady like lady a terrible name but you know where like there's like women present or like it's a little more like pop or like a little more progressive like this is like old school it's like don't you kind of have to have this backdrop of her interacting with white people right like
2: yeah oh totally yeah and then Texas has its own sort of like tradition for country music too that's a little bit more rebel I think uh, not using it in the rebel Confederate <laughs> sense but uh Texas being a place that many like f- for a long a lot of people still don't think is a southern state and uh It was its own republic, so they sometimes didn't even think that they were part of the union or or whatever. So, yeah, Yeah. it it, it has its own flavor.
0: Texas people love themselves in Texas.
2: (laughs) Well, something I thought was funny, and I didn't realize this, you know, coming from Texas was, you know, when I was growing up, the the don't mess with Texas slogan. I remember finding out later as an adult that people from outside of Texas thought that was about attitude and i was just like that's a no littering campaign um so oh what yes it's a no littering motto wait 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 so maybe later it might have Morphed into something bigger, you know. But it yeah. started off as an anti-littering slogan. Oh, oh yeah! Amazing. Like there were so many commercials when I was a kid during cartoons, and they had like I think even ZZ Top at one point did uh did a cover of a "Don't Mess with Texas" song, or yeah, a campaign and some other stuff. And there were animated characters also. With I don't know, but yeah. So that's why sometimes when I'm like. I know Texas has that reputation, and it's very well-deserved, but also
1: sometimes it's not really that. <laughs> what? My mind is so blown right now. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I can't No, did, P- yeah. did you guys watch? I don't know if it made it into the special, but like the Ronnie Chang special where he talks about state slogans and how they're so like, yes. they get yeah they get less intense as you move west. <laughs> and he's like, what do you think the state motto of Texas is? It's like, it's like agriculture and friendship. <laughs> Don't mess with Texas, which is apparently an anti-littering campaign, (laughs) or it was, yeah.
2: So, yeah. I mean, I as as I was a Houstonian, so I was big city girl. Um, so not quite like Roses. She's from what Bastrop. It's a tiny little town. Um, but at the same time, like there are some inescapable things. Even though I was big city girl. There's still some Western stuff going on there. We had Go Western Day. That's always a day that you dress up in whatever stuff you have. Um, I had boots specifically for that day. Um, we also <laughs> did a unit in gym uh, for square dancing, which I hated because guys were really gross and bad and just yeah.
1: This is element. Oh, we all funny. did square dancing.
2: Well, not everyone, but so <laughs> you did too. So that's good. But yeah, yeah,
1: it was like this whole like white supremacy plot. But actually, <laughs> I'll send you the. Podcast about it, Cotton Eye Joe stuff too,
2: all that. Um, uh, my favorite sections for Jim were, um, jump roping, um, <laughs> and then the you know, weird parachute thing. Did, did you guys do the parachute?
0: You know, my uh, it's funny because my most major experiences with country music and like rodeo culture is actually not from Texas, but from Calgary. Um, I went for two years in a row. I went to Calgary Stampede with some friends, and. Got my cowboy hat on. My- is that
2: <laughs> is that similar to uh Dolly Parton Stampede?
1: No. Calgary. It's like it's like the big rodeo yeah. show, right? Calgary Stampede so is like Dolly the rodeo. Parton's, yeah. Yeah. Dolly Parton Stampede is like her medieval times dinner yeah. show that's yeah. outside of Dollywood but
0: no this is like no, a full-on like rodeo a real
1: competition yeah, oh with like, okay because you know. we had rodeos in
2: houston but i didn't yeah. know since it was called stampede i was- feel
1: so left out right now <laughs> yeah. i want to go to a rodeo i i go to vegas right a few like times a year because <laughs> my boyfriend's family's there and we one time intersected with the big rodeo mm. like the the rodeo i think it's like the rodeo um <laughs> everyone's wearing like a ten gallon hat and cowboy boots, and I was like, I feel very left out. I really kind of want to see this. I bet you would have a good time. It's fun. I can have a good time yeah. watching anything.
0: It's a pretty good time. Uh, it's basically just like a giant county fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Can you get fried food. Oh, tons of fried food.
1: Oh yeah, count me in.
0: Fried food, mm-hmm. um, beer halls. Um,
1: yeah, and then like it's like probably like I just like watching people who are good at things. So even if that good thing is, like, I can ride a horse real good or, like, I can sit on a bull while it doesn't want me to sit on it for the longest period of time, I'm down.
0: It's fun. Not a lot of people know that Calgary, Alberta, is basically Texas, of can- the Texas of Canada.
2: I think I knew that because some friends had issues getting into Calgary. <laughs> so I hate to say like that, but yes. Racist issues? Uh Sexist issues.
0: Mm. Uh, I mean, cow! like Texas, its major industry is energy <laughs> and cows.
2: Ah, and then cows who provide energy. So you know, um, I yeah. m- one of my weirdest memories is in high school. Um, I was in my high school library, and all of a sudden there was a big boom, and then later on, um, everyone found out there was an explosion at um, Brenham, Texas, which is where the Blue Bell ice cream is made. And so, you know, there were a lot of jokes about exploding cows and stuff, but
1: yeah. Did the cow, did they
2: explode? No, no. But Bluebell ice cream is very good. So, and it really is the only, it's only in Texas. So when you watch, like, say, Friday Night Lights or something like that, you can see it in there.
1: Didn't they have that big listeria <laughs> breakout a I few mean, years it, ago? Yeah, yeah, it's it's fine now, though. But good enough where <laughs> you're still going to risk it to get the biscuit. Get the biscuit, yes.
0: <laughs> uh um, but yeah, I mean, I see what you all are saying about, I guess, if you're going to set a story about undocumented people in Texas, I don't know if you've read um, Jose Antonio Vargas's, um Dear America, but people like Jose and a lot of the dreamers are able to succeed because they have people in their corner, whether it's, you know, ethically motivated or um, politically motivated. It takes a lot of allies, a lot of people to to stick their neck out and take a stand, right? And I I think that's the value of having all the the white characters in this film because I'm glad that, you know, even though it was hard for, for Eva's character, Rose, it didn't dwell on all the terrible shit people do to undocumented immigrants. Like, we didn't see a lot of abuse or bullying or things of that nature. There were still moments of stress, especially during, like, the depictions of ice raids. But there wasn't, like, her life wasn't constantly in danger right and that's not like you know the dread is always there but it wasn't like a constant present danger to her
2: yeah they yeah. showed the moms dehumanization though um and how the rest of the other detainees were treated but yeah it wasn't a torture depiction and i i think that was actually to the film's benefit to show just enough of the you know, the negative realities of what they face. And especially that's why I thought the end was really effective. And I did cry at the end when Rose got to sing her big song and, you know, her aunt was recording it so she could show it to the mom over in the Philippines. (laughs) Um, because it's like, they're not completely happy and there's still no guarantee. We don't know what's going to be happening to Rose later on. Um, this could be the thing that gets enough attention that they're like, hey, are you documented? But uh, at the same time, it's still like a personal triumph for her. So it was bittersweet. And I like that. Yeah.
1: And I- okay, first things first, let me say Buckeyes, <laughs> abolish ice. Like we didn't need it before, don't need it now. Um, and I do think it's interesting because this movie does break a lot of the typical tenants of like script writing. like. Um, but I, I think that's deliberate because she, like, can't really do anything, right? Like, what is she supposed to do in this situation? Like, like she is kind of, like, it. I mean, I mean she's a like, teenager. This weird, like,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, like, she has no money. She has no ability. Like, right? She's, not, she's undocumented. And, like, that's kind of, like, the scariest place to be. So it's, like, this weird, like, push and pull in this film about her pursuing her dream but being at the mercy and like trying to survive but being at the mercy of basically other people's goodwill or charity and how far that goes right Mm -hmm. um and and she's she can't be active that's kind of the whole like she needs to be active to pursue her dream but she also can't be active because she really has very little agency in the the situation she's in so you know she's kind of just wandering and like passed on from like one place to the next, trying to find someone who's going to help her. And it's just so sad because again, like none of these people are inherently bad, but when you're in a situation that's like, when you're in a negative point situation, right? You need someone who's going to go above and beyond to help you. And like being neutral doesn't really help you really get where you need to go in this case. So, and I I do think like you mentioned earlier, Han saying that that's probably the reality of most people. Like no one is going to be like a, like, I think there's, yeah. I hope there's few people who would be like, I'll turn you in, you know, but it's more <laughs> like, oh, like, I, I just can't help you.
0: Yeah, and totally. I mean, I could have, like, this film could have easily, the story could have easily gone where like, oh, she got the attention of some senator and becomes like a national figure. <laughs> but I think that would be disingenuous to the film as well, because that's not everyone's story, neither. Right?
2: Yeah, and, um, it's it's it is really that point where she literally is a teenager. When you think about like the stuff that we are able to do as kids, like what I was working in a movie theater, so I tore tickets and like you know gave people popcorn. Um, that's why she has to either wait tables or work at a you know a motel. And of course, she has no papers, so she has no ID. Well, that she can show that's legal. Um, maybe she's still using the the id her the white boy gave her i don't know but um, it also reminded me of a book i read recently which i'm gonna look up just right now oh yeah the son of good fortune which was you know about it's the uh it's the guy his name excel and he found out when he was 10 that he was undocumented and so his mom pretty much raised him to be invisible And so there's that idea of, like, he can't excel, you know, can't live up to his name because he'll get attention. Um, And whereas Rose, of course, wants a level of fame because she wants to be appreciated for her artistic, you know, merit. So there's this tension of her (laughs) getting to that level, which I, you know, it's like you want her to succeed, but then at what price? I don't know. Um, But yeah, I, I found that part like one of the more interesting parts of it and um yeah uh how can how can i don't know how any i was even thinking about my own family like would any of them lift a finger to help someone and you know in the situation and i'm like i could totally see them being like i have to look at after my family first so
0: yeah i mean isn't that the power of film to at least invoke those thoughts and i feel like this is a film because it's easily digestible and like a, a a pretty easy watch like Easily watch because it's easily watchable because of the you know musical aspects of it and the um and the coming of age because of the coming of age story and the musical aspects you know it's something that you can put on for your family and just have them watch and you know it, I don't know about its power to change people's minds but at least it'll get them thinking about oh maybe maybe illegal maybe undocumented immigrants aren't all like the criminals that people think they are because i i do have family members and like people that i've talked to who think that way about undocumented people
2: oh for sure plenty of family members who are just like well they shouldn't have come here illegally or they shouldn't have
1: stayed if they just did the right thing you know all of that i think if you or your family are the benefits of whatever situation that got let you leave a place you did not want to be to go to another place to pursue a better life you can't say shit <laughs> regardless of what you know like or like you know it's not just dumb pure luck like i don't i don't know if you guys want to share your like immigration story like or how your family got here but like my grandpa just worked for my great grandpa literally just worked for the right white guy in hong kong and was like his chef and the guy's like come back with me I like the food <laughs> like that's <gasps> literally how my family got here and I'm like where is that not movie like he did- <laughs> <laughs> oh my family's immigration story is weird that white guy was actually Mervin Leroy the producer what? of the Wizard of Oz oh my god because I was so like I my know that name <laughs> yeah my great grandpa was his chef in Hong Kong and he actually fled to Hong Kong from mainland China because he was, like, working in, like, the, like, you know, the, the like, the, basically, the, like, the European districts. He basically knew too many white people. And he was, like, worried or, like, couldn't get a job or, like, was worried that they were going to, like, come after him. So he went to Hong Kong. And I was just like, it's all just freaking dumb luck. <laughs> like, we did nothing noble. We did nothing, like, worthy of, like, being granted any special privilege.
2: Yeah. I mean, I do think that I had, f- like, one of my cousins who was complaining about illegal immigrants. I was just like, after a while, I asked my mom like, wasn't her father here at for a while at least illegally and she's like yeah but you know we finally got him you know but i was like yeah
1: i, I that's what i thought i use the iron either yeah, there's, <laughs>
2: there's a lot of compartmentalization with this one cousin we've talked about a few things where we've had to stop talking about it like right away because i was just like like my eyes are getting bigger i'm like oh, you what get I, I this does not compute you know <laughs>
0: it's always because- disheartening when you find out you that close members of family have such distressing views about certain things
2: (laughs) i mean
1: i've just cut them all out it's made my life easier
0: my
2: my immediate family i just have to agree not to talk to them about certain things because i know my heart will break but um I've, i've been sneaky about it with my mom and i think i've been making some headway so you know um in uh, the last three weeks, she moved to a new apartment and she didn't have the internet. So I was like, oh! I was like, wait, you don't know about the president yet? <laughs> so so she, that she was, doesn't have
0: the auntie network on the line or something.
2: Uh no, no, no. Uh, that that is way too advanced for her. But uh, I mean, she could text if she wanted to. But like, I highly, I don't know if they talk about. <laughs> lucky her politics with each other they talk about plants you know and food so um yeah so i i got to talk to her about it finally cuz um and i was like so you heard and she's like yeah and so i was just like steering her um and she was like i wanted to be a poll worker cuz her friend signed up she's like but mm. then your brother won't let me and i was like yeah maybe don't be around all those people <laughs> um but i was like any other year maybe but this year nah." yeah but I, but since she said that, I was like, okay, then are you going to vote early? She's like, yeah, this is what I usually do. And I'm just thinking, you vote? Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so this has just been an interesting year for conversations with select family members.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully films like Yellow Rose will make it easier to have those conversations, or at least start those conversations. Um, any final thoughts about Yellow Rose?
2: I am sad that um, the drive-in is so far away from me because I think that was a good point you made earlier on that uh, it's a crowd pleaser. So I really kind of wish I did have someone to go with me to the drive-in and just sit there because the music is so great. Um, And it does end on such a emotional note that I think it would have been worth it. So I would recommend someone, like, if you have the option to safely go to, like, a drive-in to go see it. Otherwise, you know, wait until it will be released soon.
0: Um, The film is Yellow Rose, directed by Diane Pergus. It's in theaters now. It should be out for streaming sometime in the near future. Um, For those of you who don't want to risk um, watching a movie outside. um, Yeah, check it out. And with that, that'll also do it for this episode of Good Pop Culture Club. Justin Han, thank you once again for joining us to chat about Yellow Rose. If people want to find out, if people want to follow you all on social media, where can they go?
1: You can find me at Just You Tweets.
2: And y'all, you can find me at Hanonymous.
0: <laughs> you can find me at Marvin Yet. You can find the show at Good Pop Club. And subscribe to us at, by going to goodpop.club. Uh, the good pop culture club is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian hosted podcast find out more about our shows by going to the website podcast and yeah thanks for listening we'll see y'all next time bye everyone
1: Bye. Bye. bye